All right, everyone. Welcome inside another episode of The Crowded Booth. Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2021. I'm joined alongside Will Manis and JT Holton, the third and final member of the Knock Nation podcast. We had the first two on. I would want to say, Will, was it late October, early November? Yeah, somewhere around there. It was late October because it was my wife's birthday. And I floated the idea of, hey, honey, um, can I be on a podcast tonight? And uh, yeah, it went over yeah. like a fart in church. So I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll be able to make it. Uh, I got that look. Uh, so the daggers of the eyes just pierced me right in the chest. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll tell him I can't make it. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah, and then I, I think you reached out to me about a couple weeks ago and we said, hey, I'm going to get you on because, you know, we, we wanted to. We want you to have your own spotlight. That's essentially what it is. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, yeah, I listened there, to the show yeah. you did with Josh and Kitty, my colleagues at Nagoma Nation, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. You guys did a great job. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, and it so was, was definitely like, interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's always <laughs> interesting with those guys. And uh, so I was like, I, I need to reach out because uh, I want to be a part of this. So thanks for having yeah. me. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Well, first I want you to talk about, because we asked Josh and Ken, they were kind of the um, – the pioneers of knock accommodation. They, right. they kind of started. And then, I, and then I remember listening from the time I met Josh when I was in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and wow, I think we talked about it on the quarantine files. I think that you did a little, a little spot that I, I met Josh. He came and spoke to a class of mine. That was my first ever <laughs> interaction of Josh Brown. Uh, I hope you didn't pay too much for that tuition. Cause <laughs> well, the, the, the professor said, he goes, in comes a sports writer who wants to talk about sports journalism. Like, oh, this is awesome. And then he gets up there and I'm like, holy cow. And then obviously I had to like follow him on Twitter and, and all this good stuff. So <laughs> he's he's a, he's a character. But tell us, how did you get involved? Now, you were a listener at first, yeah. correct? Yeah, so I okay. just listened to the show. Like, I'm a podcast junkie. I listen to all sorts of podcasts all the time. Um, I'm a, I'm a sports uh, junkie for one thing. Uh, grew up a huge Braves fan. So when I came across the show, I was like, okay. And, and and started listening to it, followed the guys on Twitter. And they would always say, like, send us, you know, iTunes reviews, you know. And I was like, all right. So what I do is I'd send them, like, the dumbest iTunes reviews ever. Like, I'd be like, oh, Saturday mornings when I'm in my garage naked working on my lawnmower, I listen to Knock on Nation and George Thorgood and the Destroyers. And I just sent them a whole bunch of stuff like that, you know, just, just being yeah. goofy. And then – um then one day Josh just messaged me and goes, Hey man, you want to be a guest on our show? And so I, I, I ran home and showed my wife and I was like, look, and she looked at me like, who is that? Why do I care? And I was like, no, it's big. I'm going to be on a podcast. And she's like, who cares? And I was like, well, I care. And uh, so I, I did the podcast and it went well. Um, I jumped on. We talked, this was right after um, it was the week that uh, Acuna was being by Jose Urania of the Marlins. Oh, uh, and it was that week. And then coming up around that fall, Josh said, hey, I want to know if you'd be interested in joining for the fall and doing like a football segment throughout the fall because I'm a big college football, pro Mm -hmm. football guy. And I said, sure. It's kind of a little little element they wanted to add to the show. I was like, yeah, that sounds sounds cool. I can do that. And so I would just do like, you know, about 20, 30 minutes every week. Um, and, uh, And then one day... I was on Twitter and Josh posted a video of how I'm a full-time member of Knock Nation. He never asked me, like they never said, Hey, do you want to do this all the time forever? Um, I just saw a video where it was telling me that I was now a part of the show. 
kind of like some of the guys here that they're involved in trades through Twitter. You heard that you heard that you had been signed or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like like how Freddie Gonzalez found out he was fired because he got the Delta flight info (laughs) sent through his email. That's how I found out I was joining the Nakama Nation podcast show. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's fine. And it's been a thing ever since. Like my wife is like, are those your boyfriends texting you? Like, yep. Like, it's just, you know, three friends getting around, talking sports yeah. and, and having a good time. And um, people ask me all the time, like, well, what's your show about? And I just shrug my shoulders. Man. I, I, like, you know, we do, it does. We, we do talk a lot of Braves, obviously, if you can infer that by the name. But there's a it's seasonal, too. I mean, we do get into a lot of college football and NFL this time of year. We're not afraid to talk politics and society and things that are going on there too. So uh, it is what it is. We just have a good time. And, and I think that's kind of how it's been successful too, because people can see that we're just three friends that are having a good time and we're kind of letting you eavesdrop on the conversation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I, I think I talked to Josh when I started this podcast, I think one of the big things was, you know, you have these awesome interviews, and you guys have had some great interviews. Will and I were kind of – there's a trio of us. Obviously, Ralph is not here tonight. Uh, Ralph, I was telling JT before the show, works UPS, so he's got to be re- er, up really, really early in the morning. Uh, I called him. I was like, hey, you awake? He's like, uh, not really. I was like, it's, fine. it's fine. Just go back to sleep. Right, you got to be up at like 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. It's fine. But I think Will and I were kind of the first ones out of our group to start listening to the show. And you guys have had some great guests, but I think one of the big things is, and Josh has said this, Ken said this, and you've said this, you don't take yourselves too seriously. Like, I mean, oh. you 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 don't act like some podcasts out there, and we can talk about that too, but they're like, we know everything about the Braves and we are we are the go-to knowledge. We know more than Gabe, you know, Gabe and Kevin and all these other guys. Oh, I don't know what podcast you could possibly be talking about. Yeah. I, mean, it, well, I can't imagine anyone <laughs> would take themselves that seriously. Um, no, we don't care. I mean, look, uh, Gabe's been on the show, Dave O'Brien, Kevin's a good buddy. Um, and it, it's neat uh, to do those things. It, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Um, you know, that we've had some big names on the show. Uh, Josh loves dropping names. My goodness. Josh will be texting with like Michael Kelly from house of cards. And he'll be like, let me show you what Michael Kelly said. Stop, stop it. Um, it, it, that's really cool. I mean, because I never thought when I was, you know, six years old and watching, you know, Greg Olson jump into John Smoltz's arms and celebrating winning the NL West that one day, just being a Braves fan would, would get me two of the best friends I've ever had uh, get me talking to, you know, people that are pretty well connected in, in, you know, with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, That's kind of neat. You know I mean? Like, cause it's, it's just that I'm a fan of a team and that's the only thing that really brings us together with guys like Gabe and DOB and, and it's, you know, it's pretty neat how you get this community and the, the camaraderie uh, just being a fan of a team. You know, uh, I can't tell you how fun the playoffs were last year. I mean, my goodness, that was just one of the funnest times I had because, you know, I've got people I've never met that I interact with on Facebook. You know, we're sending messages back and forth. And the only reason is because, like, we talk about the Braves on the Internet with each other. You know, it's pretty neat. So you are off of Twitter. Now, I know you've gone off and off on, like, and I'll tell you right now, when we're recording this on Thursday, January the 7th, and it's coming out tomorrow, there's not a better time to be off of Twitter right now uh, with everything going I on. I can only imagine what it's I, I, like. And sometimes Facebook, I guess, can be worse. Uh, Facebook can be worse. But uh, you're off of Twitter, aren't you? Like, you're yeah, not. Yeah, you're I don't do it. I, I, I gave up on Twitter last year. 
it, it, it became kind of an addiction uh, and also kind of a, um, I hate this, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, why do I do this to myself? Cause I would just get angry at people. Like, I don't want to, you know, like it, there's a thing where I've got FOMO, I've got fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. And you feel like if you step away from Twitter, you're not going to know anything that's going on. You need to know the information right away. Uh, and I think that's why Twitter is successful because we all feel individually, uh, whether we want to admit it or not, we all feel like we're important and people need to know what we have to say. And so when <laughs> yeah. something happens, we need to be able to tell everybody our opinion because, dang it, my opinion is important. Yeah. When you step back from it, you realize your opinion isn't that important. No one cares what you have to say. And really, you don't miss what everybody else has to say either. Uh and I'll tell you, I'd be off Facebook, too, except my grandma would be like, what happened? Are you OK? Uh, I need pictures of the grandkids. Um, so that's the only reason I have Facebook is because, you know, grandma wants pictures of the grandkids. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, I'd, I'd throw Facebook in the trash, too. Now, you and I are friends on Facebook. I think that's how yeah. we started connecting and everything. But I was going to ask you this. We have a little bit of connection because my sister goes to Mercer. You live in Macon. Yeah. Will's girlfriend uh, used to live in Macon, kind of lives in the Warner She's- Robins area now. No, uh, no, she's still in Macon. She's still in she Macon. To, yeah. She went to Wesleyan College. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. two miles so, away from my house. So you have a new house. Yeah. How how is the new house? We've seen all the pictures. How how's the new house? How are you enjoying it? Uh, how was well, Christmas in the new house, I should say? It was awesome. Um, so yeah, well, this new house and wanted to have a house big enough to have all the family over. I've got a big family, my wife's got a big family, so it's great to entertain. And I get my own little man cave area, which is awesome. You see, I've got a rack of whiskey here behind me. I can put up flags in the, on my wall. Uh, basically, I sit back in my man cave and I drink whiskey and I watch dumb action movies from the mid 90s. Um, and it's everything I ever thought it would be. Um, yes, I have kids, too, and they're OK, I guess. But the coolest thing is I've got this really awesome recliner. It's like uh, it's like kangaroo leather. Um, and I watch like Kurt Russell action films. Ooh, it's it's ooh. fantastic. Good stuff. Now, we'll tell you when you talk, we, we told Josh and Ken this and they like were appalled. But you all guys always talk about in the podcast about how these Braves fans, man, you, I remember the day of, you know, Ryan Langerhans, like like all these guys. And you're like, you don't know anything. <laughs> so I'm 23. I was born in 97. Right. And Will, you were born in '97 yep, as 97. well. So we're babies. babies like we are, babies, we are babies. babies. Gotcha. So it's always funny. Uh, but my dad was a Braves fan, and so he kind of, you know, had I was cutting my teeth on the Braves very early on, and then so you know, familiar. But I think it's always funny when you talk about Braves fans. We have, I'm not a part of it, but we talked about this with Josh. Now Josh has made several videos, as you know, and you've seen JT. He actually made a video that Will and I watched right before the the one about you know Corey McCartney. And how beautiful of a man he is. I don't know if you saw it. It came out like 10 minutes ago. I don't know if he posted those on Facebook or not, but there, it was on Twitter. I mean, it was just, oh, my gosh. Um, uh, no, but, I, can, I can imagine, though. I mean, Corey is an attractive man. There's uh, nothing yeah. wrong with that. I'll say He's that. no Ben Ingram. He's no Ben Ingram with the voice. Mm-hmm. But, not, many, not many men have, the like, everything like Ben Ingram does. Like, like the, he's got the guns. Like, he, have you seen Ben's – Ben has he's, – he's racked. Like, he's got – He's got some guns and then he talks and he's got oh, this geez. soulful voice. Like he's like, oh, it's like a lounge singer from the 50s. Like it's amazing. It, 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 I'm really upset. Like every time I, I, I hear him on the radio, I feel less of a man. Yeah. It's I'll ask you this too. I was going to get into a question, but that brings up are you a Braves radio listener or are you like the TV? Like are you the kind uh, of music TV or like do you enjoy Chip? 
and and Jeff, are you more of like a Ben and, and then whoever's with him that night? Maybe Jim or might it be um I, I, I'm a TV I'm a TV guy. Now I will tell you if I'm if even if I have to run to the gas station for like five minutes and the game's on, I, I turn the radio in the truck. But I do enjoy the TV. I, I like I think Jeff Francoeur is a natural at this. Yeah. Um and, and I think I hope the Braves can hang on to him as long as possible because I, I think he is the next um, kind of big national, uh, you know, baseball guy. Uh, so he, he's already getting some playoff time. I mean, in the yeah. past two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. He just comes across as a guy you'd like to play a round of golf with, you know, and, and have a couple Miller lights and talk about the Braves. Like he's just so laid back and so casual with it. Chip is a little more forceful with things, you know. Um, if Freddie Freeman gets a hit and the shift is on, you can bet a hundred dollars he's gonna say shift that. <laughs> we got it, we got it, man. Uh, I love you, Chip, but come on. Uh, yeah. And Jeff just seems like a very relaxed kind of, you know, just really enjoys it. Like he just enjoys baseball, and and uh, so I do enjoy the TV product. But I will tell you, I, Jim Powell, we have one of the best radio guys. We really mm. do, and, and and he he needs to be. Uh, treasured by Braves fans because I hope yeah. we hold on to him for a long, long time. He has got a golden voice and is one of the most knowledgeable uh, baseball guys out there. So love Jim. Well, and speaking of uh, Braves broadcasters, uh, how about former Braves play-by-play guy, John Shambi? Yeah, dude. Getting the Cubs job. That's so, pretty awesome. Man, is there not a cooler job that it just fits him like a glove? You know, oh, I mean, yeah. if there's a modern day Harry Carey out there, it's Boog Shambi. You know, like a guy can no have like you know eight Budweisers throughout the game and give you a drunken rendition of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Like he, <laughs> that's just the perfect job for him. And I think he's one of the he's another guy that you just enjoy hearing him talk. I listened to podcast junkie. He was on yeah. Buster Olney's Baseball Tonight podcast this morning. I was listening to it, and, and it just he just seems like a fun dude. And that that Cubs. You know, the Cubs lifestyle fits him. Day games, Wrigley, you know, it's, yep. that, that's, I think it'll work out really well for him. I mean, he's stepping into some big shoes. There's no doubt about it, um, you know, with, 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 what they, with what they had going on there and everything. But, yeah, Shambi, I remember when he was with the Braves, and he was always kind of quirky. The only thing I hate is we, the only time we got to see him with Chipper this year was when they had to be obviously distanced. Like, I would have loved to see them in the booth together to get like, and because I mean, obviously they have a good camaraderie, camaraderie with each other as well. Yeah, and Chipper's a guy who I was really surprised with. Like, I I think that Chipper comes off really, really well in the booth. Now, granted, with some of the people that ESPN employs, it's not hard to come off looking good because um, I'm not naming any names, A Rod, but some of the some of you are not really good, great at your job. Um, but Chipper just comes off as a dude who's just, uh, you know. You can tell he's just knowledgeable about baseball, but he's not over the top with it. He doesn't – it's hard in baseball when you're broadcasting game to not say dumb stuff because you have so much time talk. Like, it, it's tough. Like, if you give me three hours of conversation, I'm going to say dumb stuff, like, all the time. I do. Like, it goes in the podcast. Um, but Chipper comes off real well, and I think he's – I would love to see Chipper get more involved. I know he's under contract with ESPN, but once that runs out, if there's a way that we can bring him in to do Braves games – yeah. Like, give me more of yeah. him. Definitely. Yeah. 
Well, and I think too, you talked about broadcasting, man. That's that's it's tough. And like I, I don't I can't stand A Rod broadcasting. Like it to me, it's just it's horrible. But you have to give the benefit of the doubt. I mean, that's three hours. And you're talking about some games, not every single game is a nail biter the whole way. I mean, you're talking about games you can do a blowout, that's terrible. Uh, but I want to talk to you about this because this is kind of news that happened today. We will talk a little bit about baseball and some other things, but before we kind of get into some other things, because obviously, like you said, you talked college football, you talked, um, you know, pro football. You're a dogs fan, so talk to me about the dogs. They get the big win over Cincinnati. Did you yeah. sit down and watch the whole bowl game, or yeah, are you I, like I, a guy that has to be in front of the TV every single bowl <laughs> game, or no? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even say, I I went to the game and I didn't even sit down. Oh, I wow. just I paced in the aisle. Um, so we got our seats, and and everything is because of COVID. Um, you know, all the other seats are, um, they're zip tied up, you know? And so my wife is there and I brought my son. He's nine months old. Wow. I brought him to the game because I figured nine months old. What He can tell his friends. I went to my first Georgia game at nine months old. Yeah. Uh, so my wife is putting the, the diaper bag and all in the seat. And she's like, you're not going to use it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so I just paced the whole time. Uh, yeah, I'm a must watch um, everything. Um, as, as much as I love the Braves, and I do love the Braves a lot. My biggest passion in the world is Georgia football. Um, that's just where I was raised, is going to Athens on Saturdays. Uh, it's just ever since I can remember. Um, if you go look around my room, I've got autographed you know, pictures. Nick Chubb is right here. I've got jerseys from Jake Fromm and Rodrigo Blankenship behind me. And that's just been my biggest passion. Um, I think it just really comes down to the fact that you only get those Saturdays, 12, 13 times a year, you know, and the Braves baseball is great, but if the Braves lose a game, you know, Hey, we'll go get them tomorrow. Yeah. Georgia loses a game. I got to sit on that for days, you know, a year. against a rival. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm sitting on that for 364 days. I'm not sitting on that for a week. I'm sitting on that for a long time. Um, and, And so, yeah, when, when I watch a Georgia game, it's, um, I don't want to go out. I don't want to go to Hooters and watch the game. I don't want to have people over to watch the game. I don't want to go to anybody's house to watch the game. If everyone else could just leave and leave me alone, and I'm, <laughs> I got to be in my own world for three hours, you know, and that's that's just how I've always taken it in. If Georgia loses a big game, me and my dad don't talk for like three days, like because we know we just we don't want to like, you know. We'll just moan and complain to each other, and we don't want to go over that. So we give ourselves like a 72-hour window, and like Wednesday we'll talk about it. Yeah. That's, well, that's and, and much like you, I mean, I grew up – I'm a massive Georgia fan. And then – so Will is a massive Auburn fan. And we live in Columbus, Georgia. Bryce, so, Bryce, yeah. Bryce. I'm not a Georgia Tech fan, JT. No, I'm, I'm no, no. Okay, listen. Everybody <laughs> that normally listens to us already knows this. Bryce grew up an Auburn fan. Yeah, okay. Back in the early 2000s, when, you know, like two, especially 2004, that was Bryce's favorite Auburn team. Yeah, That's my yeah. favorite Auburn team. You know, and then and then something happened. I think Bryce tripped and hit his head or something. Then he, my dad he was a Georgia to fan. He took yeah. me to Sanford Stadium and Joe Cox was, you know, hurling the ball around oh. the field. And I was like, wow, look at, 
Look at this to, ginger throw the ball. To 2009, the, gin, the ginger ninja. Yeah, uh, that, that 2004 Auburn team, man, Jason Campbell, Cadillac, Ronnie oh, Brown. Yeah. I mean, they were they yep. were loaded. That was a uh, gorgeous Al Borges was running that offense, right. and they were looking good. Right. That was a, that was a rough. God, I think they beat Georgia 24-7, I think it was that year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I, I remember watching a play where Ronnie Brown just got laid out and was motionless on the ground. I mean, that, that was a oh. that was a locomotive. That Auburn that's job. back when you that's back when you could hit too yeah 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 you could actually do that uh, nowadays that that kid would have been thrown in jail uh for that hit but you know Auburn's Auburn's great I have I have eight cousins eight mm-hmm. that all graduated from Auburn so I have wow. I have a soft spot for Auburn definitely um I, I want them to do well except uh, when they play Georgia um yeah and uh, be interesting now Mike Bobo is your problem so you guys uh you guys have to worry about that See, Will doesn't understand. I, say, the Mike I don't Bobo. see him as a problem. I don't get that. I don't understand. Mike Bobo and Will Friend. It's a great hire in 2014. I just think I just don't know if the offense is up to date. I don't know if it's <laughs> modern. I, he uses a fullback. Yeah, that, Most kids today don't know what a fullback is. You know. Um, well, see, Brian Harson's the same way. I mean, I've gone and watched Boise State some of their uh, some of their games when Harson was their coach. They have a fullback. I mean that's like that's a foreign concept. Don't get me wrong, like, I love it. Like, oh, I, I, I love watching a like Wisconsin game and they're giving off the fullback and he gets like seventeen yards and uh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, man. he's just holding the ball like this, just just falling forward the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And I'll call my I'll call my wife. Look at this, look at this, and she's like, "What am I looking at?" I'm like, "Good fullback! <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, fullback! That's awesome." Yeah. Um, I do I do enjoy that. Um, but now it's like that's. All of a sudden, that's how fast the game changes. Where yeah. I'll give Mike Bubba all the credit in the world because the offense that he ran, Georgia 2012, still the highest scoring offense Georgia's ever had. Um, mm-hmm. And the offense he managed in 2013, where we had nobody, we were handing off to a guy named JJ Green and throwing it to Ron Tavius Wooten and a bunch of other guys you've never heard of. Um, <laughs> he was amazing. Now, yeah. but the game moves so quickly, so yeah. fast that now all of a sudden that Mike Bobo offense is outdated. Yep. So, yeah. so. You know what? Uh, now he'll have much better talent to play with at Auburn than he had at South Carolina. But yeah. you know, we'll see. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be real good for Bo Nix professionally because it's going to get him ready for the NFL in a way that Gus Malzahn's office just couldn't do. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So Will's a big Auburn fan. We grew up in Columbus, uh, and so what's pretty interesting is Columbus is kind of and, and you're familiar, JT, because obviously you're making like we're on the state line, so like we have this. Die hard, like we're in the. If you're a Georgia fan here, you are in the heart of like Auburn country because we're 45 yeah. minutes from Auburn. So that begs the question. We talked about this with Josh and Ken. Ken told us the story of him, you know, uh, hauling a bull through downtown Athens. Josh told us about you know days on the loveliest village on the plains. For you, I know you've been to Auburn, and I know you're gonna have a soft spot for Athens. Yeah. What's the better college town? Well, I mean, I know you. you're gonna be biased a little bit. Of course. Well. One thing Auburn has a place called Burger Fi, which is amazing, um, oh, yeah. and Athens doesn't. Yes, uh, Burger Fi is <laughs> awesome. The onion rings are incredible, but Grindhouse in Athens is good. Grindhouse is fantastic. And last mm-hmm. week I had uh, pizza. I went back, to, uh, ate a little Italy pizza in Athens, which is the best yes. pizza in town. It's amazing. But I always have to side with Athens, and I'll tell you the story why. Um, my brother-in-law is a walk-on receiver at Georgia. At you know, at the time, this was years ago. 
And uh, we went out for his 21st birthday. And we went bar hopping because, you know, he's turning 21. And so he introduced me to some of his friends on the team. And, oh, this is a guy. His name's Todd. Yeah, I know Todd. Yeah. Uh, so, after, so, so so I went bar hopping with Todd Gurley on night in Athens. And let me tell oh you, just based on the reaction UGA players get, and there were some other guys sprinkled into the little group. Um, but, my goodness, I, I couldn't imagine what it's like to be a star in a SEC college football town and going out and about downtown. You don't pay for anything. No. And I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, something that people frown on guys getting arrested. I would stay arrested if it was me. <laughs> like there's no way I could control myself. <laughs> like, you walk in and like everything stops and everyone just flocks yeah. to you. And I like, can I get a picture? And like, ah, this is amazing. Uh, that That's was something awesome. to see. Athens is a really cool town. Now, granted, I haven't had a lot. I've been to Auburn several times. I haven't really gone out and done the post game. Uh, the only time I went to the bars in Auburn was 2010. Turns out, bad idea to go to the bars in Auburn wearing Georgia stuff while Cam Newton is spanking your team up and down the field. Oh. Um, I got a lot of drinks. Unfortunately, they were just thrown on me. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it wasn't a great experience. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, like, I think can I get a drink? And all I got was a little finger back. I'm like, okay. Listen, I went to, it's kind of, I almost had a similar experience. I was in Auburn in 2017 when Auburn drubbed us. I mean, 40 Mm -hmm. to 17, and it was never, never close. Um, It was, it was a horrible, horrible experience. And Will was there too, but he obviously, he was in, in, in Auburn colors. We left early and I had Auburn fans barking at me. But I mean, I, I don't see, I don't take that stuff personal because like, listen, there are bad, bad Georgia fans. And I know there are like, there are bad Georgia fans and there are bad Auburn fans, but Alabama fans are a different breed uh, completely in my opinion. But for you, JT, uh, listen, yeah, no, I mean, Athens is fantastic. Will, I know you love Auburn and I think Josh said that he liked Auburn, but you know, Josh has always got to make things uncomfortable. Talk about, you know, the, the females, who has the better females. That's what he wanted to talk about. And I think that made Ralph a little uncomfortable. Thank God he's not on tonight. He's gotten real, real uncomfortable. But Will, why is Auburn in your opinion, a great college. So Auburn's a great college town because when you when you get to Auburn, you know it's a college town. I mean, just the feel, yeah. the look of everything, you know it's a college town. I've been to Athens one time and it was for probably the worst performance that Auburn's ever shown mm-hmm. in Sanford Stadium. Well, maybe not the worst, but one of the worst. Uh was it the 13-7 game in I think 2016? Maurice Smith, the transfer from Alabama, had the pick six. I think the that was his name. Pick six that won the game. Yeah. Um, but the like, of Hot Rod started. Yeah. Athens just reminded me of Atlanta. Like, I, I call it Little Atlanta because, you know, and of course, I have the bias. And the one time I was there, I did not have a good, good time. Uh, it's like yeah. the, I feel like they want to be Atlanta, but they're not. Yeah. So, well, like if you talk to the people, so the, the students there, I mean, you can't go to Georgia. And, and my girlfriend went to Georgia. So I would always visit and everything. So she, when I visited her, like everyone's from Atlanta there, it feels like. I mean, everyone's from like Alpharetta or you're like, there's yeah, no way, no like, one's actually from Atlanta. From Marietta. Right? Yeah. yeah, they're Marietta kids. So like, and they're all a bunch of, you know, you know, bleach blondes that, you know, are in, you know, 5U or 80 pies. So it's like, it's stuff like that. But I think that uh, I, I will agree with you. Auburn to me is like that. It's, people call it a cow college. To me, it's not like, I like it, but I also, JT, I, I went to Berry College. So like I went to an actual cow college. Like that's a yeah. real, real cow college. So 
so for Auburn, like to me, it's a it's a bigger, a lot bigger berry. Like it's you have the rural act, act you know, obviously there. Um, you know, what what is it? Lake? Uh, what's the lake over there, Will? It's not Lake Martin, is it? Martin's the big one. Margaret, there's, there's not Martin's really a lake, lake in Auburn. Martin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm saying close. Like they obviously it, have Lake Martin. Mm-hmm. It's further. It's it's not in Auburn, but. Well, the yeah. lake where Pat Dye would have recruits over to his cabin, they would give him a bunch of cash. That one. Yes. That's I didn't know if you were going to say cash. I didn't know if you were going to say something else, uh, JT. And, and Will might have rioted if you said that. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, listen, I, Auburn's a great college town. I think one of the big things when you kind of look at college towns, to me, I'll say this, Tuscaloosa is dirty. And if you took the University of Alabama in it, it would be, I mean, it'd be like South Fulton County. In my opinion, I mean, it is horrible, a horrible, horrible place to be. Yeah. Um, my vote for worst uh, is Columbia, South Carolina. I don't know if you guys have ever been to been. Uh, the dying cockroach of Williams Bryce Stadium. I say this my grandfather played football for the University of South Carolina. And I look, you go to the game, you tailgate in a gravel parking lot of what used to be a Jiffy Lube. Uh, it's in the middle of a fairground. So there's a Ferris wheel in the background. Like, you know, it's just flat, desolate. There's no concrete every, anywhere. Um, you're just dirty. They're just covered in dirt. And then it's, it's amazing. Like I've never seen so much symmetry between like the sports teams and their fans. Cause if you watch South Carolina basketball, they have an alternate uniform where they're sleeveless jerseys and camouflage shorts and that's exactly what their football fans look like. They're wearing their sleeveless, <laughs> wearing camo shorts. And I'm like, that's so cool. They'll honor their fans that way. Um, they were just ruthless and ugly, and the campus is gross. Like, you don't even see a single school building. You don't even see a tree. Well, it's just, yeah. I it's, wasn't a big fan of Knoxville. I, I, JT, I've been to Knoxville. Have you ever been to Knoxville for a day? Yeah, I've been to Knoxville. I actually have a soft spot for Knoxville. I like The it. stadium I, is cool. Like, I'll get, I'll get very the stadium cool. cool. Uh, obviously, you have you know the tailgating on the river. That's awesome. But I'll say the post game nightlife there is first off, it's it's a massive hill to me. So I mean, obviously, you know, you you, you have a few, then you, you're you're battling you're battling all night to try to get back where you came from. So yeah, my, my only trip to Knoxville was 2015, and um, I, uh, I I went and uh, we blew a 24 to three lead, and I think I spent the rest of the night uh, at the Embassy Suites bar. Um, it was, it was not great. I will tell you, um, uh, Phil Fulmer is a, a, a friend of my mom's. And, um, so he got his tickets to the game, which is really neat. Um, wow. actually we're actually wearing the hat, uh, they got me too from the Pat summit oh, okay. uh, invitation. Um, and that was pretty cool. They have a gorgeous stadium. You look around Neyland and I was, I was wondering like, why can't Athens do this? Like they've got a ring of honor. You know, you see all the past greats. It, mm. It's a very beautiful stadium. Um, I don't know much about the Knoxville nightlife, but as far as actual in-game stadium experience, like yeah, Neyland's up there as far as beautiful stadiums for sure. <clears throat> I went to an Alabama-Tennessee game, and it was the year, I think, 2016, when Tennessee obviously throws the Hail Mary against Georgia that broke all of our hearts. Um, and then they go – they it was this, the year that they had actually a pretty decent team, like Dobbs' senior yeah. year, and Alabama blows them out. Uh, and to me, the, the overalls are horrendous. I don't get the overalls and the love uh, for wearing jerseys. I, I've never, I've never been jersey guy. So you're not a jersey guy, right? Is that, am I correct? Like, I have I, a couple. I, I, okay, I have jerseys that I like, 
but I'm also like a retro jersey guy. Like I, I like throwing on like I got the baby blue Dale Murphy stuff like that. Okay. Like I like retro jerseys. Yeah. yeah, I've got now I've got college jerseys. I've got none. I don't have any. Okay. Um, I, my I've got a Freeman, a Chipper Jones, and an Ozzy Albies. Mm-hmm. I've got a Steven Stamkos, Tampa Bay Lightning, Stanley Cup champions, by the way. Gotcha. Uh, and then I've got a throwback Jacksonville Jaguars, Mark Brunel uh, from back in the day. And, and that's it. We that's my entire, the other day. entire jersey Jack- clutch. Yeah. I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. You, One so if the, Jag- are, the Jags are going to take Trevor Lawrence, like, I mean, there's no way this is not happening. If they don't, I'm going to throw a brick through Shad Khan's window on his yacht. <laughs> I'm so are you, do you feel good about that screen. Lawrence is going to be like this is the face of the franchise this is the direction we're going now well well like, if, he, if, if he's not uh, no one can blame Jacksonville for being stupid you know what I mean oh, cool. I mean it's not a bad pick yeah I mean you take the guy who everybody says is the best quarterback prospect since you know John Elway you know you take yeah. that guy and if he doesn't work out well then all of us were wrong you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, to me, anyone sitting there crying that he's that he's terrible and this is not the number one picker, showing so much they feel. Yeah, to, to I mean, and, and to me, it's about being interesting. I don't care about being good. Like I've we've been bad so long. I mean, I'm just used to it. I don't I don't care. At least if you're if you've got Trevor Lawrence, if you've got Urban Meyer on the sidelines, at least that means you're on Monday Night Football. You're on Sunday Night yeah. Football. You're on, you're nationally televised now. You're relevant. Mm-hmm. And, and Jacksonville needs relevancy. Let's let's worry about getting relevant, and then we can worry about wins and losses. Like I'm not trying to win a Super Bowl next year. I'm realistic, but yeah. at least make it like if they if they pass on Urban Meyer and hire Jim Caldwell, or and and then they <laughs> trade down from number one and take Panay Sewell to be their left tackle. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a smart move, but it's not fun. It's not exciting. And that's the number one knock on Jacksonville is that there's nothing there, and that is boring and it's dumb. Um, at least that gives it some sort of sex appeal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think right now, Will, we, when we talked about this on our live show on Wednesday, I mean, when you look at Jacksonville, they had obviously, um, you know, they have Minshew. And like, I think people thought that was going to be the fun guy. Like, I mean, he's quirky. He has like this crazy, you know, story of him transferring. He's coached by Mike Leach, who's, I mean, you coach by Mike Leach, you've got tons of stories to talk about. And there's no doubt about it. But, Will, we were talking about, you know, they haven't had a quarterback and I know that you you are you're a big fan and we'll talk about him Mr. Blake Bortles but like they haven't had a, he wasn't a, a bad. quarterback that he took wasn't that bad for six or seven years but he handed it off to yeah. Fournette every time I mean he had to throw some <laughs> can't run it every down yeah. I guess so listen for me um my goodness it's been 10 years uh, so now, you have not been to a re- like you've been recently? Not recently, no. Now, when I was a, I went to college at the University of North Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, and Go you Ospreys, could get yeah. season tickets. Yeah, swoop. Um, you could get season tickets for about thirty dollars a month. Uh, and that was back when David Garrard was the quarterback, and uh, and and we were actually good. We went to the playoffs that year, beat Pittsburgh. Uh, we always beat Pittsburgh. That's just what we do. Um, <laughs> and it was it was fun, and and um. Uh, now, since then, I mean, it's been terrible drafting, terrible free agency moves, just terrible personnel decisions across the board. Uh, Blake Bortles, I loved him, man. It went to my high school, Oviedo High School. We're both Oviedo High graduates, me and Blake Bortles. Um, and if you're a wrestling fan, if you guys remember Billy Gunn 
from the mm. New Age Outlaws Attitude Era WWE. He went there too. Um, but it, to me, it's just like it, eventually losing just it gets gets old. It gets really really old. And I don't care if we go three and thirteen next year. If we go three and thirteen with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, hey, at least people are watching awesome. us. At least we're at least, at least we're in the news, you know. JT, I'll ask you this because I got a buddy who uh, works on the medical team for AEW. Are you an AEW viewer? Do you oh, watch yeah. AEW? Okay. Yeah, well, I try. I try yeah. to. I if if I don't watch it, I at least keep up with it. But but it, yeah. it's hard yeah. with I, all my he, kids to watch wrestling for like six hours a week. <laughs> that's a that's a lot. <laughs> he and I were roommates, and I'll be honest with you, I was not a. I did not grow up watching wrestling, but then he and I are roommates and he had like WWE, like 2K or whatever. So one of the games we played it all the time, but then I would watch it with him. I was like, this is like, obviously we know it's not real, but like it's, it's entertaining. And like the storylines yeah. are, are, are fun. So then he, he's in med school and now like his Dean and he listens to the show. So he'll appreciate it. His Dean is like the head medical doctor of the AEW. And so like he goes down to Jacksonville all the time where they're, where they're recording and everything and sends us like, these amazing Snapchats they put them up in the hotels and everything. And I'm like, that's that's awesome. So uh, yeah, it's it's been cool to see kind of the rise because AEW is I mean still relatively new, but man, they're challenging from a viewer standpoint. You know, a lot of other wrestling. Yeah, and it's it's run by Tony Khan, who is the son of Jags owner Shad Khan. Um, mm-hmm. And I grew I grew up going to wrestling matches here in Macon. Like my uncle would take me. They'd give out like free tickets at the gas station, and we'd go and see you know Ric Flair and Arn Anderson and Sting and. Oh, that, yeah, I grew up with it, and yeah, I know it's not real. My wife, my wife yeah. will tell me, you know that's not real. And I'm like, you think Grey's Anatomy is real? Come on. Like, what's the <laughs> difference? <laughs> I'm, I'm entertained. Stop it. Leave me alone. Like, you watch This Is Us every week. That's not real either. Jack didn't really die. Jack didn't really die. <laughs> it doesn't have to be real for me to like it. Like, you know? like it's, Yeah. Come on. Well, um, it's it's good, and it's been really cool to see the viewership go up. I mean, that's one thing Trent, my buddy Trent's been talking about. It's just a, the rise of it and the, the people they're bringing in and everything. I mean, it's it's really growing. It, it's hard to be a grown man and justify, like, wrestling fandom. You know, like, you sound like yeah. a weirdo. You know, it's like, it's like saying you're 40 and you still read comic books. Like, it's like, all right, yeah. I get it. I know what you're going to say, but, you know, it's cool. Just leave me alone. Um, and that's kind of how it is, you know. It's it's more of nostalgia, you know. You you know you're chasing that feeling you have when you were a kid and you loved because it was real to you when you were a kid. As you get older, mm-hmm. yeah, you understand that it's predetermined. I'm, I won't say it's fake. It's predetermined, uh, but you still appreciate the entertainment value, the athleticism yeah. that goes into it. It's also something that, like, if if it's if you're into it then you don't need it explained to you. And, and if you're not into it, then no explanation is going to work. You know, like Josh, it yeah. hates wrestling. Josh it thinks any guy that watches wrestling is stupid. And that's fine. Cause I can't tell him he's wrong. It probably is stupid. <laughs> like, you know, he's got a good <laughs> what point. What you love and what you grew up on. Exactly. I, like it, yeah. the old Apple Jacks commercial, probably before your time where he's like, why do you like it? And he's like, I just do like, that's there you go. That's it. There you go. Well, let's move into some uh, baseball discussion. Uh, we'll actually talk about what I guess we were supposed to bring you on here tonight for. You're the first episode of 2021, so you're going to set the tone for us. And it's kind of cool, too, because this is going to be our first show talking about the uh, the Francisco Lindor trade. What are your oh. thoughts? Are the Mets just going to Met, JT? Or, or what? what? I mean, 
to me, on the surface, you get Carrasco, who's got a great story coming back from leukemia, pitched a little bit. Then yeah. you get Lindor. I mean, Lindor is is a fantastic shortstop, but are the Mets just going to met? I mean, what's going to happen? That's that's my hope is that on field they're still just a mess. My my fear is that Steve Cohen just has so much money that it's not going to matter. Yeah. And uh, I was my buddy my buddy Finn texted me today, and he's a big Phillies fan, and he was like, "Oh, Lindor to the Mets, uh oh." And so we're both like coming together in our hatred of the Mets. Um, and bonding over it. Uh, and, and I said, yeah, I'm not worried yet. And he said, me neither, not this year, but in future years, that's going to be a concern. But I, I, I heard somewhere that he, if you take the next three owners combined, like Steve Cohen is still richer than them. And it's ridiculous. That, that's the problem. Yeah, so. it's ridiculous. Will, you were talking about, uh, you were, you were talking about Lindor and, and kind of what this team. I mean, their pitching staff still – the thing is, if that pitching staff stays healthy, to me, they they win the NL East. I mean, you have a lot of guys like Alonzo, but that pitching staff has not stayed healthy. Will, you were talking about it. If they could bring Stroman back, which I don't know if they did or not, or, or I'm not sure. They but, did. They did. He accepted the qualifying offer. <clears throat> Golly. I don't, I don't understand how the Mets made this trade without giving up a pitcher. I mean, it's like three prospects went back. I think only one was a highly rated guy. It was uh, Jimenez. The it's shortstop. a shortstop, Andre Jimenez, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's. I think he's the only highly rated guy. I just, I, I don't think the Indians care. <laughs> I think they're just going to hey, tank. Please, first off, please, please don't say that because that offends me. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. That's right. The Cleveland Cleveland baseball team. Yeah, that's right. Now, I, I, I think they're changing their name at the end of the year. So I think this is the last year we can actually say Indians. We can, the la- okay, the last year. We can say. Yeah. What is, what is worse to you? <laughs> We're going to get dangerous with this topic. What is worse? You have the Washington football team that just decided to not – I mean, like – you just decided to, yeah, we're just going to stick with that. And we're just going to put a big W on our, like, we're a little league team. Might as well just like, you know, JT, when you played little league and you had like those, you know, it'd be like Ron's oil, oil place or Ron's car shop. They're like sponsored. <laughs> like, I mean, like that, that was, that's essentially, I feel like where Washington was going to go with. And the Cleveland, they said they wanted to bring back the spiders. I'm like, if you bring back these Cleveland spiders of like 19 or whatever, like that is ridiculous. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't like spiders. Uh, I'm afraid of spiders. Uh, I watched arachnophobia when I was like six, and it just scarred me for life. Uh, I've never been that afraid of Indians, to be honest with you. It's never been a concern of mine. Um, But I I like the idea. And here's here's my thought on this. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's by design, right? Like it's not Mm -hmm. like it's hard to come up with a new name. Like they can come up with a new name like in five minutes. But here's the thing: if you if you're the Washington football team, okay, and you drop the term Redskins, that means that in the next like week, people are going to bombard NFL shop and buy as much Redskins junk as possible because it's, they're not going to make anymore, you know? Yeah. And now you say we're the Washington football team, okay? So now you're like, crap. Okay, I got to buy a Washington football team hat and a Washington football team shirt and a you know all that stuff. And then the next year they come out, okay, now we're the Washington Warriors or Wildcats or whatever. And they're like, okay, crap, get the credit card out again. Got to buy a new hat, got to buy a new shirt, new jersey. I'm like, dude, it's just marketing. Like, that's all they're doing is they're selling caps and jerseys. The same thing with the Indians. They're like, we're going to be the Indians for the next year, so buy up all your Indian stuff. I guarantee next year they're Cleveland baseball team. And then you got to buy that stuff. 
And then in 2023, you got to buy all the new stuff all over again. Like they're just milking you for money. Like that's it. Like, like I don't believe that pro sports franchises are doing this just out of the altruistic good of their hearts. Like they're doing this because it's a cash advantage for them. You know, like that's they're, they're, they're a multi-million dollar industry. They're not just like good hearted people. They're doing this because they're like, we can make some money off of this. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. why they're changing their name, you know, and that's why I think it may catch on. I I, I hope the Braves keep their name personally. I, I mean, if if somebody's offended by the name Atlanta Braves, I've never met them. I don't know anyone personally that, that is offended by it. But if they ever do change their name, I guarantee uh, that the cash that they could make off of it uh, is going to be a big deciding factor. And maybe yeah. I'm just jaded yeah. for thinking that way, but that's what I, the way I see it. I think Will and I talked about this. The Braves, and I know they've come out like multiple times, ownership and all these things that, you know, we're not changing our name. We feel like it represents and, um, you know, it, it dignifies, you know, the, the American heritage. And then like obviously Florida State, I guess they had like this deal with whatever, the Seminole tribe. But for Washington, they have all this. Cleveland's got this. But to me, Cleveland's a mess, man. You traded the face of your franchise because you couldn't afford them or you didn't want to, and now you got a bunch of you know nobodies. I guess. I mean, they have some decent players, but it's still it's it's a far cry from that 2016 team that went to the World Series. JT, you're a Braves fan. When are the Braves and and when are you? Because since you are you obviously you work for the Braves, you work for Liberty Media. Um, we all know that. When are you going to announce Marcel Zuna? And uh, uh, when's that going to happen? It's in the works. Uh, we're working on it diligently. I can tell you that. I tell you, it would really help if uh, Major League Baseball didn't just sit on their hands and made a decision. Um, the crazy thing is they sat there and like let, not letting people know if there's going to be a DH next year. And, and that, that factors in quite heavily into the personnel decisions that all these teams mm-hmm. in the National League need to make. Um, mm-hmm. That's ridiculous to me that like we don't even know – Rob Manfred was making up playoff rules like five days before the playoffs last year. Like he, he, he's just like, it's <laughs> just going by the seat of his pants with like, whatever. Um, I'll tell you this. I have great faith. If Marcelo Zuna isn't resigned and I don't know that he will be, and I'm kind of okay with it. Um, Alex Anthopoulos knows what he's doing and we'll be just fine. Like we'll be just fine. The, yeah. the reason I say that is because Alex, uh, Alex Zuna. Uh, Marcelo Zuna had a great year last year. The love child. It was a great two months. And, and if you put that in, yep. in the context of a mm-hmm. season and you said, like, this guy was like a career 250 hitter. And now he hits like 320 last year. It was 60 games, y'all. Like 60 games. Like, so if he hit 360 just from May to June and then was, you know, cratered all throughout the rest of it, we wouldn't resign him based on those 60 games. So don't let it affect like how you feel. Yeah. Like I, I think you need to take a step back. Like I don't think Marcelo Zuna all of a sudden is like the next Vladimir Guerrero. He's a good player, and he had an extraordinary two months. But that's that's it. It was just two months. So so if the Braves don't resign Ozuna, it's not the end of the world. I, he's a good player, but I don't think he's I don't think he's a triple crown guy in a hundred sixty two game year. You know what I mean? If we can't bring back Ozuna, we can still get Nick Marquez. Yeah, I don't. This is true. Um, I'm a big Marquez yes. guy. Yes. So now, you are you said, on the, now you said, Will's a big Marquez guy. Go ahead, bro. Um, Marquez. No, go ahead. Go what, ahead. Go ahead. Well, 
this is my thing about Marquecas is all these advanced metrics nerds that are all over Twitter, uh, all in, in the Braves Twitter sphere, all hate Marquecas. I'm like, if anybody uh, needs to be the darling of a sabermetrics type guy, it's it's Marquecas, man. He does all the things, like mm-hmm. all the little things. Like he's not a guy that will hit 40 homers but bat 220. You know, he is the yeah. guy that steals the extra base. He's the guy with the hidden, uh, the hidden benefits. You know, the things you can't read on the back of a baseball card. All those little things. That's what Nick Marquecas does. And I, I get it, man. It's it's hard to have a corner outfielder with no power. Like that's a weird thing. Like that's a a sexy position. And you want to have a guy that puts up thirty five homers and bats two eighty. That, that I get it. But Nick Marcakis, man, I have a lot of faith in him when he comes up to the plate. Now he's getting older. Yeah, I mean, and did he look great in the playoffs? No, he looked terrible. He looked old. But mm-hmm. he's a baseball hitter. He's a professional doubles machine. He goes up there yeah. and he hits the ball. He makes contact. He gets on base. He runs the base as well. He does all the little things that any baseball guy will tell you, like, that's the beauty of the game is the little things. That's all Nick Marcakis is, is the little things, man. So if you're a baseball guy, you should be loving Nick Marcakis because he's dirt cheap. He's a great leader in the clubhouse. All the intangibles that come in with that over a long stretch of a season, he costs you nothing. And, the Braves could bring Nick Marcakis in on a $1 million deal and people would still flip their lids over it. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. nothing. Like, it's, yeah, he, he's a he's a guy you can't really quantify, you know? And you need those kind of guys, especially how young our team is. You need the Nick Marcakis types. Like, he's a, he's a glue guy that holds everybody together. And, um, man, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big fan. And a, a sneaky Hall of Famer, by the way. Sneaky. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of our friends are uh... – Big sabermetrics guy, so I love to make these bold claims about Nick Marcakis, uh, mainly trolling, but partially because I believe it. Like uh, Nick Marcakis is the best hitter on the Braves. Not even close, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, he goes up there, he fights off pitches. I mean, he's he's a ball player. I mean, I think that's best. Oh, yeah. I mean, now, if you needed a three-run homer in the bottom of the eighth, no, I don't want Nick Marcakis yeah. up there. But if I needed – a productive out to the opposite side of the infield to move the runners over every time, Nick Marquez, yep. every time. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's not pretty. It's not going to grab headlines, but baseball guys, if you're one of those baseball guys, he he's the man you want on your team for sure. Yeah. JT, I'll ask you this. Uh, what is your favorite moment? We'll give you, we'll give you a Georgia one and I'll ask Will this too. Uh, what's your favorite moment uh, that you've seen in, from Georgia's perspective, just as a Georgia fan? Like your, one of the cool moments that sticks out, um, and then and then from a Braves Braves perspective. Wow! Um, all right, uh, Georgia, you can't top um, Sony Michelle taking it in from the Wildcat to send us to the national championship game. Mm-hmm. I fell on the floor and I cried for like ten minutes. Uh, not ashamed to admit it. Uh, best football game I've ever seen. Best football game ever was that Rose Bowl against Oklahoma. Outstanding. Um, that moment right there just brought back every every game I've been to. The first Georgia game I went to was 1989 season opener against Baylor. It was the first game of the Ray Goff era. Um, so I came of age in a time of really bad Georgia football. Uh, and, uh, and, and when he crossed the goal line, man, it made everything worth it. All the trips to Athens with my dad, my granddad. It was just perfect, you know. 
And then I was there in the stadium, you know, like 10 days later in uh, Devontae Smith, uh, second 26. That was probably the worst, worst moment. So the yin and yang of the Georgia football experience right there. Uh, Man, as far as the Braves go, um, you know, I don't know. Like probably, probably my favorite Braves moment. And this would be a weird one. Like, honestly, yeah, Sid Bream sliding at home when I was seven years old was really cool. But I'll tell you the one I like the most is the San Francisco Giants beating the Braves, celebrating on the field and stopping their celebration so they could applaud Bobby Cox. Um, that yep. told me everything you need to know about how uh, well thought of Bobby Cox is and the kind of man Bobby Cox is. That Tim Lincecum and all those guys stopped celebrating and putting on the hats and the shirts and stood there and applauded Bobby Cox at, at the end of his career. That was that, that I was proud I, I was at Bobby's last game at Turner Field, um, and that I, I was proud to be a Braves fan because I knew we had the right guy leading the team. Uh, anybody who ever played for Bobby Cox will tell you that they would have done anything that man asked him to do, and that's the kind of leader you want. Whether it's a, a hockey team, a baseball team, basketball team, it doesn't matter. The kind of leader you want leading your team, whether it's a coach or manager, that you want him. You want that kind of person. And that was, even though it was in a losing effort, I don't know if I've ever been, I don't know if I was more proud to be a Braves fan when Marquise Grissom caught the final out of the 95 World Series. I might have been more proud 15 years later when Bobby Cox ended his career, showing Mm -hmm. that kind of respect, you know, like that you earned that, you know. So that was probably my favorite moment. Even though we lost, it was like, you know what, we're, that's awesome, you know. That's cool. That's actually really cool because uh, I was at that game. Uh, it was my first. It was one of my first ever playoff game that I've been to. And um, my dad and I, a lot of people don't remember the game before. Rick and Keel had to hit a home run to even get that game in Atlanta. Yeah, real brace so fans my, remember Rick and Keel. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so my dad had already bought tickets. Did not tell me. And yeah. so he and I are watching that game in, in our house uh, on our TV. And I think, it, it, you know, obviously West Coast game. It's a late night. My little sister's asleep. My mom's asleep. And he and I are just having, you know, like this cool thing between my dad and I are just watching the game. And obviously it's a great game. And he hits it into the seats. And I remember like – or into the, I think he hit it into the water. Yeah, water. Into the it's a good, yeah, yeah. yeah. Made it to the cove, yeah. Yeah. And so he hits it and like we're going crazy. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And my dad goes like, "Guess where we're going? Like, we're going to the next game." And obviously, like you said, the Braves. Oh, lose. that's awesome! But, but it was just that's that's a cool moment that stands out. Um, I also throw another one. Me and one of my good buddies, who is a not part of the show, but uh, he's a real good friend of all of ours. He and I had just sat down in our seats uh, when Jason Hayward had hit his first home run, and that oh. was a that, that was one of the loudest I've ever heard heard Turner Field. That and then the last game at Turner Field. Those are all some great moments. Will, you're an Auburn fan and a Braves fan. For you. Give me your favorite Braves moment that you've experienced. Yeah, so uh, these are – this is a lot of recency bias, but like the last two seasons, uh, the Acuna Grand Slam obviously is awesome. Just really the first one that comes to mind of like the most excited, the happiest like I've ever been like as a Braves fan. Um, and then this past postseason, seeing the Braves finally get over the hump and win a playoff yeah. series. First time in uh, since – what, 2001, really, since me and Bryce both started watching we and started understanding what was going on. Yeah, uh, JT, we were four years old. We were four years yeah. old. In the break last <laughs> one. Like, like that's how, that's yeah. how young we are. Man, yeah. I, 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 yeah. 
I feel so old. I, you know, I usually wear hats because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to think about how old I am because I, I am bald. Uh, but you guys are dating me so hard. Like I wish girls in high school dated me as hard as you guys are doing it tonight. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, man, born in '90. Yeah, because like I was watching games. Like my first game was in 1990. I went to see Braves Dodgers, uh, and I was so hot and so bored. We were at home to watch the final out. Like we were bagging, making uh, to watch the final out because I was, I was fine. Well, I don't know what my dad was thinking. Why would you take a five year old to a Braves game in July? Like I'm gonna hate it. It's miserable and it's baseball. It's boring. Um, yeah, so hear that is it's, it's funny because you know it, it's you don't realize how quickly these years go by, you know, until you start talking to somebody. Like I remember that 2001 World Series. That's when Rick and Keel, uh, full circle. That that 2001 yeah. series when he had his meltdown and, and could yeah. not hit the broad side of a barn, you know. Uh, and yeah. then fast forward nine years later, here's Rick and Keel putting a ball in McCovey Cove to extend that series against the giants. Um, you know, it, that's just kind of crazy how you can date yourself based on your sports fandom. You know, like you remember where you were in certain periods of time. I remember where I was watching that Rick. I was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, watching that Rick and kill home run. <laughs> you know, I remember these kind of things and it's funny because, you know, I talk to guys and I don't feel like I'm any older than you guys, but when you say you were four years old in 2001, <laughs> I was like, what? I was a junior in high school. Yeah, yeah, but just to throw a third one in there was uh, Chipper's last home run, the walk-off hit oh, the Jonathan Papelbon. Yes. The Phillies. That, that was, was beautiful. It was awesome. That yeah. was fantastic. We didn't know it was going to be his last home run, but that game, yeah. we, we crept back. We're showing signs. Okay, can we make it interesting? And when that ball left his bat, I was I was bartending that night, and it was kind of late. We we're closing down. There was like about eight of us in there, me and about four of them. They're good friends of mine, and we went crazy, man. That was <laughs> awesome. And if we, we didn't even know it was Chipper's last home run, we had no idea yeah. it was going to be his last one. Uh, just that was awesome. I'll always remember that one. Yeah. Um, and then the girl that caught the ball, she's actually from. Columbus. We know her. Yeah, we know her. Yeah, did she, the girl that caught did the ball. She gave no, it back. No, so she gave it to Chipper. She gave it back. It was last but like one. she got to go back on. Like she met Chipper. Um, yeah. A lot of the girls that she was with, like we were all good friends. But we, they, we, I loved Martin Prado. Like he oh, was like yeah. my. Yeah. Like, I loved yeah. him. So she like got to meet Martin Prado. Like they went back. So yeah, that is that is that was a really That's cool. Awesome. Oh, I would have held him yeah. up for season tickets for life. Like I would have. Like, <laughs> you gotta get this back. Like I need to see like fifty grand, like homie. This is. <laughs> This is a, you know, I would just hand it back. Out of the goodness of my heart, I don't think so, man. Like I got kids, I need. They all need signed jerseys. All of them. Well, she was like, I mean, I guess that was 2012, so she was yeah. probably like 14, 13 years old at the time. Will, what's your favorite best Auburn moment? Oh my gosh, there's uh, there's so many. The Even in the last the last decade, yeah. Prayer and Jordan Hair. That's another one. I'm always gonna know where I was. Uh, the kick six, I was at that game, so that's an easy one to remember yeah. being there. Um, those are top two, but, I mean, I've been at the last. So 2017, I was at the Georgia, Auburn-Georgia game and the Iron Bowl, and then was at the Iron Bowl in 2019. And those were uh, just, as an Auburn fan, just very satisfying wins. 
Yeah. Just against the two big rivals uh, at, at the heights of their powers, like they are now for Auburn to, to knock awesome. them off at home. Yeah. I used, just, to, do, I used to do a uh, radio show with Bo Nix's granddad. Uh, his, yeah. his grandfather is a legendary high school coach. So, here. yeah, JT, ti- yeah. Th- this tells you how tiny the world is. Yeah. My, uh, he's like my lead at work. So I work at Pratt and Whitney Manufacturing. So he's like my, my lead. He played. For Bo Nix's granddad in high school. Oh, okay. North, North Alabama. North, okay. North. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's yep. awesome, man. Um, yeah. So I've always pulled for Bo. Like, I think and I think Mike Bo was going to be outstanding for him. And I was pulling for him hard against Alabama in, in that 19 game. That was one of the mm-hmm. funnest games because we had beat yeah. Auburn and, and, and Tua had the injury that game. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, once the game was over, the guy behind me was just killing Malzahn the whole game. You know, just ripping him a new one. As a hey man, don't. As we left the game, I was like, "Don't take it too hard, man. You guys are gonna beat Alabama in two weeks. Book it. Like you're definitely going yeah. to." And uh, and I I didn't realize Mac Jones was gonna be as good of a quarterback as he is. And yeah. and him and Jalen Waddle made that game interesting. But man, that was oh, yeah. big play after big play. The Iron Bowl is one of those games. Like as a non fan, like I've got no dog in the fight. Yeah. I can sit back and enjoy it every year. I love the Iron yeah. Bowl. It's just a fun game. It's it's yeah. that's one of those things that like it makes college football. It just separates it from the NFL, separates it from NBA, mm-hmm. anything else you can get. You just can't get that feeling of Auburn, Alabama, once a year. This is everything in that state. You know, like mm-hmm. that's just what separates college football. It's games like that. Get one of those games. You know, they're hard to enjoy having a dog in the fight. But twenty nineteen. That it was just yeah. it was too much fun. I mean, I had to enjoy it. It was way too much fun. Like 2013 yeah. was on the edge of my seat the whole game, a back and forth game. I mean, high scoring, the final score, 34-28, but it really felt like one of those old school slug it out defensive games. And, and that, that one had some big plays too. Matt, you don't care about anything else when that game is going on. Like you yep. don't care. Your house could burn down, and you're just like, whatever. I don't care. Yep. Let's win this game. <laughs> like nothing else matters. And you can't get that from watching like you know, the, the Hawks lost to the Hornets last night. And I'm like, oh, that stinks, oh. man. I, I I was really – I thought the Hawks had something put together at the beginning of the year, and I'm like, all right, lost three in a row. And then I just rolled over <laughs> and went to bed. You know, yeah. like, you can't do that if you're an Auburn fan and you lose to Alabama. You can't just be like, oh, well, yeah. that stinks. There, you know, like, you, you live with those results for so long. And I don't know if people that don't grow up in the Southeast really understand the kind of – weight that these games carry and that you've got to carry this with you to work, to school, to wherever, around your friends, around your family. You've got to sit with those results for a full year. You know, it's, it's not like anybody is carrying the Hornets Hawks result into Thanksgiving (laughs) with their family. You know I mean? No one cares. (laughs) 10 minutes after the game, it's forgotten about like after the iron bowl, man, that is everything in that state. That that's the, it's huge. And it, it, it's hard to explain to somebody who's not from the region what college football really is, you know, and mm-hmm. and because you could have a, a, a 0-11 Bama versus 0-11 Auburn, and it still matters, yep. you know, it still matters yeah. just as much. Yeah. Yeah, you can throw records out. I mean, we, we, we've seen that in the past couple of years. I mean, to me, it's always, it's always a great game. Um, I'll ask you this as we wrap up. JT, to you, who is Georgia's biggest rival to you? Whew. Uh, to me, it's to me, it varies on where you live. Like to me, it, it varies, does. Like if you, it does vary. On, like to me, I can't stand Auburn, but it's probably because I live in Columbus and I'm surrounded by Auburn fans. Yeah, you, no, that's right. I mean, 
if you live in Columbus, it's going to be Auburn. If you live in Dalton, it's going to be Tennessee. And if you live in 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 South Georgia, maybe it's maybe it's Florida. Maybe if you live in Augusta, South Carolina, or if you're old enough, it's Clemson. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's generational too, because when my uh, when my grandfather was coming of age, it, it man playing against Bobby Dodd and, and the Yellow Jackets was huge. And then when my dad yeah. was coming of age, well, the SEC title every year was between Georgia and Auburn. And when I was coming of age, you didn't want anything more than to beat the Gators. And, and I grew up during the Spurrier era. Uh, yeah. and, and so when we would every now and again beat Florida, <laughs> man, that was huge. That was huge. To me, I'll, I'll answer like this. The, the team I want to beat the most is Florida. The team I hate losing to more than anything is Georgia Tech. So um, yeah. I want to beat Florida more than anybody else ever. You know, that's uh, I get a queasy feeling just seeing them on television, whether they're playing, you know, Oklahoma uh, in the bowl game or, you know, whoever. Um, mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, I just want to make sure it's over with and we beat them and we're good. Like, okay, cool. And you good. can continue your Thanksgiving weekend because we're supposed to be. Like like a, yeah, yeah. It's they're the little brother. It's just like, OK, yeah, just go ahead. If and Georgia Tech beats Georgia, I, I throw something in the air just to make sure it'll still land. Like, is the world still? <laughs> Correct. This is weird. That doesn't happen. Like, does gravity still work? I don't. Where am I? What yeah. is it? Am I on Mars? Uh, but beating Florida, there is no better feeling than walking out of that place after beating those rednecks. Like, oh, it's the best. It's just, <laughs> I can't stand them. And we owe them big time after this year. Like, oh, they thought God. they're high. They think they're high and mighty, and that Mullen has closed the talent gap, and they're coming after us mm-hmm. and everything. Like we had so many guys out for that game. We were starting a like certified like little person at quarterback. I mean, <laughs> by the way, that guy still whooped Auburn. By the way, but he did. I just he say, did. Uh, he did. And, and you know, now we got JT Daniels in. It's a whole different ball game. We got a lot of guys coming back next year. We got a certain someone who's coming in the transfer portal in a couple of days. Who's going to be pretty nice. Uh, we, we're coming for Florida next year. We're opening up with Clemson. We're going to beat them. We're coming through the rest of the way. I don't want to say it, but we're going to be really good next year. It's coming. <laughs> we got a buddy who sometimes comes on the show and every single now, like obviously, I like JT. We told us like I covered Georgia Tech, so like people on Twitter think I'm a massive, massive Georgia Tech fan. So we got a buddy who like is a Georgia fan. Like I always text him like, oh my gosh, I love this because I can't tweet. Like oh my yeah. gosh, Jordan Jordan Davis is coming back. Like I text him like, right. like Jordan Davis is coming back. This is great. But we got a buddy who every year says, that is George Year. This is it. This is it. <laughs> it's like Paul's will and I tells think, him. Like, I think he like, made it to January before. 3rd this year to wait to tell me that 2021 <laughs> is the year uh, George National Championship. I, I've, never, I've never been that guy. I will say this. I've got my hotel book for Charlotte against Clemson. Uh, oh. Win or lose, I feel good. Even if we lose that game, I feel confident. And oh. in, in the rest of our schedule lays out really nice. Um, I'm hoping we actually get these games in. Uh, that COVID is a thing of the past, and we can actually do these things, go to games like that. Um, but but yeah, if you look at the roster and the way it just stacks up and the schedule, I mean, those are the things you got to look at when you're looking at projecting a national champion. Look at the returning roster. Look how their schedule plays out, and and if you look at those things objectively, it looks really beneficial for Georgia. Obviously, Clemson's going to be a challenge, no doubt about that. Uh, but outside of that game. Georgia should be favored in every game since that point, you know, and 
and and JT Daniels has really reinvigorated this team. The ability to push the ball downfield. Uh, from day one, Munkin's come in. He's had receivers open. We just didn't have a guy that could hit him. And yeah. now JT's healthy, and he's there, and he looks the part. He looks like a first-round NFL pick. Uh, so uh, with that being said, I'm a Georgia fan. I expect this all to be just go crazy, and everybody's going to – He's going to slip on a banana peel and fall down and fly the stairs. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm really excited for next year for sure. Well, uh, let's listen. And we'll like Stetson Bennett. I mean, like the guy played Stetson Bennett was a cool story. Like a oh, cool story. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. the lineage. And I'll say, Will and I talked about this. He, Georgia was leading at halftime against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Like he he wasn't. No, wasn't nobody like else can say that. Player. Nobody else can say we led no. Alabama at halftime this year. Uh, yeah. I like Stetson. Stetson had all of the intangibles and just none of the tangibles. That's the problem. <laughs> like, as far as a clubhouse guy and a guy you want to root for, heck yeah. But then you're like, oh, wait, he's five foot four. Like he's Danny DeVito. That's the problem. Okay. I hate to say this because I love him uh, having, you know, spent some time in Rome, Georgia, but he's almost like the Charlie Culberson of yeah, Georgia. Like, everyone yeah. loves Charlie. Everyone right. loves Charlie. Obviously didn't have a place on the team this year with the DH, but it's just like one of these things like he's just not, you know, he, he he's not love, starting work. Love Charlie, but if Charlie is your everyday third baseman, you're like, oh, well, I don't know about that, you know? <laughs> hey, I love him in bits and pieces, but if he was like your everyday guy, you'd be like, oh, oh, okay, okay. Now, now you yeah. see – and look, there's a reason that Stetson was a walk-on. There's a reason he transferred to junior college. Um, mm. It's not for his heart and his want to. Through the roof, man, and that's yeah. awesome. Um, but you see the difference between him and JT, and and the things that they can allow this offense to do. And and I'm thankful that Stetson was here at Georgia. I'm, 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 you know, he was awesome to cheer for. But reality sets in at a certain point. But he can always tell his kids and his grandkids, like, you know, how he whooped Auburn. So. Hey, he beat Auburn, and, and there was him, a, and, him and how many Auburn. other Georgia quarterbacks? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Grayson Lambert can say it, and yeah. all sorts of people. Joe, well, listen, to say. Uh, can Tara say it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, uh, no. I don't remember. Uh, that's, no, that's, that's, that's Tara Shinsky, no, Tara Shinsky never had to play against Auburn. So can uh, can uh, can our uh, Bryce? You're gonna have to get the name right. The kid that punted right. his super fan, Bryce Ramsey. No, 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 no. Oh, Faton oh. Bonner, the Mark Rick. Yeah, Faton Bonner. Florida game. Oh, my God. Faton Bonner. Sam Red, Brady, our, our buddy Red. Sam is a Faton Bonner super fan. <laughs> what? I, I don't think <laughs> Faton Bonner's parents are Faton Bonner super fans. That was the death nail in Mark Rick's coaching career. It was like, we're just going to start Faton Bonner. Why? Because I quit Karen in like 2008. That's why. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's like, – he announced that. Now I remember I got real excited. I was like, oh, Florida doesn't know about Fatel Mbada. He's our he's, he's our third string quarterback. We're we're pulling a fast one. And I'm like, wait a second. We started our third string quarterback against our biggest rival? What? <laughs> like it was apparent like at like five minutes in the game that we were like, I've in the words of arrested development, I've made a terrible mistake. Like that's exactly <laughs> what I felt. Oh no. This is not good. Yeah. That How was- he put- Guess I'm wrong. Bryce Ramsey punted. Bryce Ramsey punted. Yeah. 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 Matter of fact, that night I referenced earlier when I was bar hopping with Todd Gurley, I was in the line for the bathroom, and the guy behind me was talking to a guy, and I didn't have my head turned, but he goes, hey, man, what's up? Yeah, I'm Ramsey. I'm the new quarterback here. (laughs) Introduced himself by his last name. 
And I was like, oh, that's a tool move right there. It turns out they ended up funny. By the way, good luck getting Bryce Ramsey or Fertown Bauta on this show in the future because I just ruined it yeah. for everybody. So, sorry. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one person, and, and we'll, we'll end with this. One person who could not just say, hey, uh, I am so-and-so. That's probably me. Couldn't just walk up and say, hey, I'm my last name. and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm... <laughs> This is very true. <laughs> that, 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 that would not be good. JT, listen, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. A Thanks ton for of having fun. me. Listen, Will and I are going to have to come over to Macon and uh, grab some, grab yeah, some, some beer or some lunch with your. We are yeah, Bryce man. and I are Bryce and I are in Macon frequently. Believe it or not, well, Bryce has a, shoot me a text. We'll grab some Fincher's barbecue, yeah. some New Way hot dogs, whatever you guys want to do, man. I'll show you around yeah. town. Macon's a beautiful place, so yes, it it's is, uh, it is. we'll put on our bulletproof vest and go downtown. Who knows? <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, I was at the uh, Crazy Bull for a Riley Green concert uh, yeah. in November. That was my buddy's band, Eight Second Ride. My buddy's band opened up for them that night. Yeah. Oh, they were good. Yeah, they were really. They were pretty cool. Yeah. My buddy John uh, plays guitar for Eight Second Ride. So yeah, Crazy Bull is a fun time. Fun time. I don't go out because if I go to Crazy Bull, people look like I'm. I, they look at me like I'm there to pick up somebody. Like <laughs> whose who's dad is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my There's the guy in New Balances over there. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Well, listen, JT, we appreciate it, man. You have a good one. And uh, listen, we'll tell everyone to uh, listen to the Knockout Nation. I guess, I mean, Josh and them, hit, they hit it up pretty well, but it's just at Knockout Nation, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like oh show, and we can find you over there. You'll find us in your – we're on – iTunes, podcast thing, Stitcher, Castbox, mm-hmm. Spotify, whatever. You know, we got a website. We have a merch store. You can buy stuff on there. It's, uh, we, you know, it's fun. Support us any way you can. Sounds good. Yeah, that's kind of how we have to do too. We appreciate everyone for listening, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud as well. From JT, Will, and myself, this has been another episode. We'll see you next week, folks, and make sure to tune in our live shows every Monday and Wednesday. Thanks very much for listening.